The long wait for Euro 2020 is finally over. In the build-up to the big kickoff, we are doing something special. We have scoured the Twitterverse to find a representative from each of the 24 nations competing in this summer's European Championships. We'll be recording a preview with each representative who will be sharing views on their nation's hopes and expectations throughout the tournament. And most importantly, the fantasy assets we should be looking out for. Welcome to Euro 2020 Happy Hour. Hello and welcome to our Euro 2020 preview series with myself, Sham, otherwise known as FPL2Guys1Cup on Twitter. And myself, Rob, otherwise known as FPL Panda. Rob, we've got another guest tonight and they are representing a country that were runners-up in the 1992 Euros. And that is Sweden and our guest, Frederick. Frederick, well, welcome. Hello. Thank Evening, you so mate. much for having me. It's How are you? Here. I'm all good. All good. How are you guys? Fantastic, fantastic. Right, let's, Frederick, let's um, start off with uh, you talking about yourself a bit. So sure. what football team do you support? Um, do you, where in Sweden do you live? Yep. Uh, do you play FPL? Just in, just tell the listeners a little bit about you. Sure. So my name is Frederick. I'm from uh, Stockholm, Sweden. And I've been a huge football fan since I was maybe seven. Uh, I started playing when I was around seven, six, seven. And been watching football uh, pretty much my whole life since then. And I don't know if you can see the the picture behind me but unfortunately my team is arsenal oh. <laughs> it's right. been really painful years <laughs> at least i had a couple of good years before that with uh, freddie youngberg in the team and nice. uh fpl i've been playing fpl for three seasons now but i played uh, some other fancy games uh before so i played like the euros and the world cup before and had some good seasons in them or well, not seasons but good good uh, results in them uh, nice well, well, Frederick, let's talk about Sweden, because yep. uh, that's that's why we're here. So, how did you guys do in qualification? Uh, I think we did pretty well. Uh, we came second in the group, and I think we had, yeah, as you can see, there, we had three draws and one loss, and we only, we only dropped points against both Norway and uh, Spain, who both came first and, and third. Uh, so, I think we had a pretty good, a pretty good uh, uh, run, to be honest, and. Uh, yeah, t- twenty-three nine goal difference, pretty decent. And it was an, a crazy game. I remember. Uh, I don't know if you can see the one three-three uh, against Norway. I remember we were two-zero down in like the seventieth minute, and then we turned it around to three-two in like the ninetieth minute, and then they scored in the ninety-sixth. Uh, <laughs> wow, that was an insane game. Yeah, maybe that shows. But yeah, shows a bit of character but, though for the team to come back from two-nil yeah. down. For sure. For sure. But it was a big left one when they equalized in the 96th. Mm. But yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I think it was pretty good, pretty good um, uh, qualification. I wouldn't say, I mean, if you look at the teams we had in the group, it's not like we had the most difficult group either, but still decent. Uh, so who would you say during the qualification period were kind of the main players that did well for you? I think there are a few to, to mention. Uh, one of my favorite players, which uh, kind of goes under the radar, uh, is Victor Claesson. Uh He usually plays like left mid or right mid. And he scored a couple of goals. I think he scored, you can see, like two goals, three goals in the qualification. 
uh, I really like him. And then obviously we have uh, Emil Forsberg, uh, who is one of our main creators in the team. Uh, he had a really good season in Leipzig uh, a couple of years back when he was like the top assister in Europe or something. Uh, he, he's pretty good. And then um, we've had uh, Alexander Isaac has been pretty decent. Uh, obviously uh, Lindelof, our centre-back for United. Mm. Uh, he, he's very decent in the back. And also we have some we have two two really good goalkeepers. We have Robin Olsen, uh, who plays for Everton, and also a guy called uh, Christopher Nordfeldt, uh, who is really good as well. Uh, were, were there any players you think that um, you know didn't have a great qualification but you've got really high hopes for in the Euros? As players? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, there are a couple of players that I think that are not like regular starters. Uh, but they're doing really well with their clubs. That I think, if they get enough game time in the Euros, I think they could to, could definitely get some uh, some returns. And uh, one of those players is uh, Kulusevski, for example. Uh, I don't know if you know him, but he plays in Juventus, and he, I think he scored in the in the cup final now last week. Mm. Uh, I think he if he gets enough game time because he's not a regular starter. He usually comes on in the second half. All I know about him is he gets a lot of yellow cards. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's a, it's a dirty player. Yeah. <laughs> But it's pretty good. I think that if he gets enough, enough game time, I think he could definitely uh, get some good returns, in, especially if you look at the fantasy perspective as well. Um, uh, so what, what would you say uh, from the Sweden national side that the strengths and weaknesses lie? I think um, the way Sweden play, uh, obviously the last, couple of, the last two years when we haven't had Zlatan in the team, uh, they've been playing, as you would say, like more better together like chemistry wise uh but we have don't really have this star player that could like have his magic in a game and just dominance a game on its own so they, they play very very well together i think we have very, very good chemistry uh they, the players know each other very well uh, we have b good uh, build-up play uh so I, th I think that's a good and we have pretty good defense uh we're really solid defensively i would say uh, but the thing we lack is uh, a clinical striker uh, we don't have a striker that is really clean. I suppose so, we like, two... all of those years with Zlatan there. Um, like, when did he? Re... Did, was it two thousand and two that he really broke That's through, the... or was it oh six that he really broke through? No, at the no World I think Cup? both of those. Uh, the World Cup. I think he was okay in the World Cup. I think he was pretty good in the in the two thousand two, two thousand six. I don't think he was that that great. Two thousand eight Euros. He was really good. Uh, mm. And so then, I remember uh, 2012, like, well, from when he really sort good. of really, really like broke onto the scene as like an international superstar. I remember he scored that like yeah. that ridiculous back heel where it was like up oh, as yeah. high as his shoulder. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, from that moment, like Sweden have always had this clinical striker, and he's probably scored probably one of the the greatest goals like. Um, just outrageous-wise yeah, against, against England, yeah, um, when he yeah. um, scored that <laughs> overhead kick from, like, 40 yards out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no, he's insane. I, I, I always say it, like, like looking at all the top players in the world, I think the Slatan's top 30 goals is better than most top players' top three goals. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's scored so many cracking goals. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I'm a United yeah. fan, and in, like, let's say... We had, we had him fit for like maybe just less than a season when in the two seasons yeah. he was at United, but he still scored some great goals. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. I think think he's brilliant. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 oh. talk more about um, Mr. Ibrahimovic 
uh, later on, maybe. In a second, because I'm yeah, about to sure. ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so, um, Frederick, you, you said that you don't kind of have the main player. Now, originally, so at the time of the rec- recording, Ibra- Ibrahimovic, Zlatan, um, <laughs> Zlatan, <laughs> Um, is not in the squad because of injury, yeah. right? So I know that you did choose him as your talisman, but because he's not in the squad, we, we've kind of had to change him. So yeah. um, do you want to talk a little bit about the talisman that you have chosen? Yeah, sure. Like I was thinking about who, because as, as you said now that I mentioned to you as well, I don't think you really think we have a main standout player in Sweden. Uh, and the obvious choice would go to would go for like Lindelof, the captain because uh, he's like solid he definitely gonna play and he plays in the big united like, Manchester united like a big team uh, or emil forsberg just because he's been a fixed star as well before but it's not really like a slap on level but i think the one i've chosen is alexander isaac and the reason i chose him is because i think it's just a more exciting player to be honest uh, and I think he's definitely going to be involved in the goals. Like now when Slatan is gone, I think he's going to be the main striker up front for sure. Uh, and a lot of attacks are going to go through him. Okay, so uh, let's just think, because at the moment we don't know whether or not Zlatan's going to be in it. I know the time that this podcast comes out, yeah. people you know, people will know. But if Zlatan does come into the side, how does that change any, uh, you know, Isaac as well as any other player's potential uh fantasy output does is it become better or does it become worse do you think it's it's difficult to say because Slatan he only played two games now in the qualification uh, when he came back from retirement so he only played two games with Isaac so it's difficult to say their chemistry but in those two games I think it looked really good and Slatan if you compare to before well, he... didn't he in those two games yeah he, he got he's involved he got, yeah he got through Exactly, he got three assists in those two games, I think, uh, and he could have gotten even more. So the, I think the difference from Slatan came back now from when he played uh, before. Before he was like the main man, everything was uh, revolving around him. The play, other players didn't take their own initiatives; they just looked for Slatan. But now when he came back, I think he's trying to keep it a little bit low key because he's just coming back and yeah, everything. So he he played more like a playmaker role rather than just give me the ball and I'll do everything on my own. Uh, right. So I think he would definitely benefit Isaac because Isaac is definitely not the one who's going to be dropped out when Slatan comes back. It's going to be uh, Marcus Barry, I think, who's going to play now instead of Slatan. Uh, okay. So I think it would benefit Isaac more to have Slatan than to have uh, Marcus Barry, for sure. Okay, so l- before we go on to, uh, I guess, fantasy options and talking about players into some detail, what are your thoughts on how Sweden will do in the Euros? Um, and, you know, Rob's going to bring up the group now, which will kind of show your qualification if you're going to qualify. How, how do you f- think this is going to pan out? I think, I mean, obviously I'm hoping for to, to go through this group stage. I think the first game against Spain is definitely going to be the most difficult one. And I mean, if you can get a draw there, I would be really happy. But I, I, I think we're gonna probably lose that game. Uh, but I think against both Poland and uh, Slovakia, we definitely have a chance to 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 get something in both those games. And since they have, I think it isn't it the two best third placed teams goes through as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if even if we don't win, even if we get two points, or even three points, I think there's definitely a chance, big good chance to go go through to the knockout stages anyway. So I, I think we can go through. Uh, it just depends on how, how the Slovakia and uh, Poland game goes. But I think out of those games, Slovakia, we should definitely beat. And Poland, I'm just hoping as well, we, we get we get something from there. So I guess I that Poland game is quite key, right? It's definitely key, yeah. And I would say that our teams on paper is kind of similar to Poland, if we had Zlatan. But now they have the Lewandowski game, we don't have Zlatan. So maybe they will. 
edge it a little bit. Like I, my thoughts on like this group is like yeah, Spain are the obvious sort of front runners in the group, um, and then you've got Slovakia at the other end of the scale. I know we've spoke, we've already spoken um, with the Slovakian rep, and he isn't very hopeful for um, the Slovakian side for the tournament. And he is, um, really isn't. He isn't. He's not, <laughs> He's not, not at all. Yeah. Um, so, it, I, yeah, and I, yeah I, I do think it's um, it's between both Poland and Sweden for that second spot. I personally, I'd I have I'd edge Sweden ahead. Um, not that yeah. I'm not. I didn't I didn't say something different to the um, <laughs> from Poland. I just I think that overall, I think you've got man for man slightly better squad. I think it's it's all going to be about that um, game on the final match day of the group stage, where I think both of you will have likely have three points, and it'll be a kind of a straight shootout between the two of you to see who goes through. But then Spain are one of these teams that um, they have had tournaments where they've turned up as favourites and not done very well. So they're not the team they were ten years ago. Um, yeah, so I think it's an interesting group. It's definitely interesting. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with everything you said, and especially the the Poland Sweden game, the last game. As you said, maybe we have better East position position per position, but since they have Lewandowski, I mean, if he gets a good chance, he's probably gonna score. So th they do have that amazing player that could definitely uh, win the game for them. He's not gonna and get you that said, chance. We, we, you got you got Victor, you got big Victor. Yeah, we got Victor. Yeah, we get big, big Victor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a Man United fan, so. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So let's talk about some fantasy options and players. So I know that you um, put some stats together, Frederick, that you wanted to kind of um, talk through uh, with regards to the players. So you want to pick out some players and some stats that you think are um, quite important. You want to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So I was looking a little bit about uh, like how they perform for their respective clubs uh, over the season and for the players to play in the Swedish league because we have a different like we started league in uh, in March. Or April, so uh, I looked at the last season for those players uh, because we only had a few games now. Um, but I just looked at the, the players, like how many points they've scored and the average minutes it takes for them to get an assist or a goal. And there's definitely some interesting players here. Like obviously, one of the main mans in Sweden is Emil Forsberg, and if you look at his stats, he has nine goals and six assists in 40 games, uh, which is pretty decent. He averages uh, one point per uh, 140th minute. And he's definitely one of the most creative players in the Swedish team. So I think that he, from uh, a, a, like a fa fantasy perspective in the Euros, he's definitely going to be a guy who's most likely going to be involved in our goals because uh, he's the, he's the creator now in the team. When Slatan is gone, he's going to be the one creating the, the chances. Uh, and I also like uh, Alexander Isaac, as I said before. Uh, he also has pretty good 16 goals and two assists in 43 games. Doesn't sound too great, but uh, I think it's still pretty decent. It's I mean, almost. I think it's, all the. It's just under. Um, what was it? It's a goal every two and a games. bit. Two and a bit games. Three games. It's not bad, is it? It's not great, but it's not bad. It's not, it's not bad, and I think uh, obviously he's played more than just. This is his forty-three games, more than just the games in the league. But I think all the goals are scored in the league as well. Uh, I think so. So I don't, I don't think he scored in the in the Europe and stuff. Uh, but yeah, but I think he averages one per one, 
less than two games, one point one hundred sixty minutes, and I think he's definitely going to be now when Slaten is gone, he's going to be the one, uh, the main goal scorer. I think the one is going to is going to be stepping up to score the goals. Uh, so I think from a fantasy perspective, he's definitely going to be the main man to choose if you want to have a goal scorer from Sweden. Um, and then there are a couple of other players. I think one player that's really interesting to look at is the guy who came in for Slaten now when Slaten is injured, and that's Jordan Larson. Uh, who plays for Spartak Moscow, and he scored 15 goals and five assists in 30 games. It's pretty good. Uh, That's pretty uh, one, good. Yeah, one uh, one point per 130th minute. Uh, the thing about him, since he just called, called called up for the squad, and he hasn't played much uh, of the qualification stuff. I don't think he's played at all in qualification now. Uh, he, um, I'm not sure how much he's going to play. He's definitely going to be a bench bench player. Uh, but he's really explosive and really technical, and I think if he gets game time as well, I think he could definitely uh, make it difficult for for opponents because uh, he's so quick. I mean, and and there's, really but the, the I mean, there's always the potential that, like, we're recording before we've seen any friendlies or anything, and it, I mean, yeah. if if he took his chance in a friendly, would that could that sway um, the coach to maybe? Give him the chance, um, may, maybe not against Spain in the first game, but maybe against Slovakia in the second game. Yeah, I, I think so for sure, definitely. I think, as I said, Marcus Berry and Isaac is going to be the two stars, I think. But definitely, if uh, Jordan Larson is showing showing some good form in the friendlies, I think he could definitely get the game against Slovakia, or at least get a lot of minutes, like from mm. the second half. Okay. Uh, any yeah, any I, other I, players yeah. there that you think you'd pick out uh, that had a good season that it's worth keeping an eye on at the Euros? Yeah, I think one of my, as I mentioned before, one of my favorite players in Sweden is Viktor Klaasson, uh, who plays like a left or right mid. Uh, he plays for Krasnodar in uh, in uh, Russian league. He scored eight goals and six assists this season in 33 games. Uh, so he has a pretty pretty good record as well. And he, I mean, I think he's only scored. You had some stats on how many scores he scored in the national team. Or maybe I have it as well here. Uh, yes, nine nine goals in forty four games. It doesn't sound that much, but like it four, feels like it? Well, just over yeah, yeah. one in four. It's not bad yeah, for a midfielder. It's definitely not bad, and it feels like he scores more often than than not. Uh, he always gets in good positions, so I, that's a player I really really like uh, for Sweden. So I think he he could be he's going to be a massive differential because I don't think anyone is is thinking about him. Uh, so okay. I think he could be a good choice. In terms of defenders, um, are there any defenders that do quite well from a goal-scoring point of view or assist point of view that would be worth kind of keeping an eye on? Uh, goal-scoring point of view, no, not really. Uh, I, don't, I think Nilsson Lindelöf, what has he scored? He scored three goals in 40 games for Sweden, one goal in 44 games for Man United. He's definitely not the type to, to score goals. Uh, and, from Grankvist, the uh, penalty-scoring defender yeah, um, yeah. Is, is no longer kind of starting for you guys right I, I don't think so i don't think so because he hasn't played for the national team for like two years so i think it was a surprise for many people that he even got called up uh so i, I don't think he's gonna start i would i wouldn't count on it and even if he starts i don't think he's gonna take the penalties anyway okay. uh so I, I wouldn't count on him i think from an assist perspective though i think the the two wingbacks uh agustinson ludwig agustinson and perhaps Mikael Lustig could definitely ship in some assists with some uh, crosses. But the record is not like amazing either. Uh, I think, yeah, Agustinsson has, I mean, six assists in 28 games for Werder Bremen. It's pretty good. Uh, but he has three assists in 32 games for Sweden. Um, so, I mean, it, it doesn't happen often, but I think they, they could 
potentially get some. But I, I wouldn't count on the defenders from a fantasy perspective to get some points. Okay, so let's talk about um, the, I guess the players' pricing and just fantasy um, with with the Sweden team. So I guess first two questions to ask, which we ask everyone because uh, every all the listeners I know are really interested in it, is firstly, are there are there any players in the side that um, have been listed as uh, defenders, but actually they play in midfield or any midfielders that play like basically out of position um, players. Firstly, yeah, I haven't looked at all the players named from the squad, uh, but I looked at the players like starting players or yeah. like the main players, and I didn't see any any uh, weird positions. Uh, so I, I wouldn't think uh, there are any. Maybe okay. one of the like the like the bench players could be, but uh, yeah, I don't think they're gonna get enough game time to to be considered anyway. Okay, and and I guess the other question is: Are there any players that you think are really underpriced that you think you expected to be X amount, but they've turned out to be really cheap? Yeah, I think like the way they have priced the players this year, like in in this game, is that they price them how the good they are to their team, respect uh, relative to other teams. So I mean, the, the main Swedish players, we have no player over eight point five. But if you look at yeah, Germany, they, and uh, obviously they have players like Cristiano Ronaldo is 12 million or something. Uh, so obviously, if you want to get the main goal scorers, our, ma- our maximum is going to be 8.5, which is pretty good, I guess. But at, at the same time, if you look at that price bracket and compare it to other teams, I mean, if you look at uh, Forsberg, for example, he's 7.5 million. Uh, you can get Chiesa or Chiesa for it in Italy for 7 million. You can get Frankie Jong for 7 million. So relative to others, maybe not that great. But I think one player that really stands out, and he's not going to be a starting player, but that's Jordan Larsson. He's 5.5 million, uh, which is insane. But obviously, it takes up a striker slot, uh, which maybe not be favorable. But otherwise, I think uh, from just, just, just valuable. I would say Isaac, 8 million. Uh, definitely the main goal scorer. Having a main goal scorer in a team for 8 million, I think is pretty decent. Uh, and also, I think uh, Victor Klaas on 7 million is not too bad either. Uh, so, so are you picking any Sweden players? And if you are, which ones do you think you'd be going for and why? Yeah, I think I haven't considered too much Swedish players, because, just as I said, because they're kind of priced the same as players in other teams. Uh, so, for example, I really like uh, Victor Klaasen for seven, but he's seven million. And for that money, you can get Mount, you can get Kiesa, you can even get Gindogan for 7.5. Uh, I think there are other players that might be better. But the players I am considering, if I'm going to go for Swedish players, is Victor Klaasen, just because I think he's he's he gets in too many good positions and he scores, as we said, every once every fourth game. I think he's, he's going to be involved in something. And uh, I'm also thinking Sebastian Larsson. We haven't talked about him yet, uh, but he's the, he's the penalty taker. Uh, and he's six million, and he's definitely starting every game. Uh, and could definitely get some couple of assists as well. So I think he's for he's actually a good value value price player uh, for six million. So I've con- I'm considering him, uh, and then I'm considering Isaac just because uh, I think he he will score the most goals in our team. So I guess from a defensive point of view, are there any options worth uh, looking at in defense? Uh, I think I think that's the same thing there because. Uh, since they're priced similar to other players, they might have better potential. Uh, I think I looked at Agustinson for 5.5 because I think he has the highest potential of getting assists and maybe even a goal. Uh, but for 5.5, there are there are other options uh, in other teams. But I think if you want to go for Sweden defense, I think Agustinson is the best player uh, for 5.5 because I think he, he has the highest potential of getting some attacking returns. Okay. Rob, have you got any questions for Frederick? Um... I think, I mean, is there anyone that 
sort of under the radar a bit that um, you think like going to have uh, like potentially could have a good tournament um, and like get some get some returns that maybe like you either haven't spoken about before yet or um, that have, the the listeners won't know about because um, as you said there's, yeah. there's so many like cheaper it's a very very cheap squad um, yeah. Yeah. So, is there like anyone that, like, you think, oh, if you need someone that's um, a bit cheaper, that maybe is a bit of a differential? Is there anyone like that? I think I would mention him as one of the, but I think the biggest differential is going to be Victor Clausen, as I talked about. Uh, but I think another player that is, I'm hoping he's going to get a lot of game time, uh, and it's also my ones to watch, uh, Kulusevski, as we talked about as well. I think he he uh, might because I looked at the. Obviously, a lot of people haven't started picking their teams yet, but both Viktor Klaasen and Kulusevski were 0% picked right now. So no no one is picking them. So I think Kulusevski and Viktor Klaasen will be the two biggest differentials. Um, what are their prices? Uh, Viktor Klaasen is, seven. I think both of them are 7. 7, yeah. Okay. Otherwise, I mean, I think Jordan, Jordan Larsson could be a great differential as well for 5.5, but I'm just worried how much he's going to play. Yeah, I mean... I mean, so there's a lot, a lot of Larsons, of so I guess we need to clarify. <laughs> right? the strikers. Okay, so the striker is a good option, and oh, then yeah. not, the, not Henrik oh, no. Larsson. The midfielder is also a good option. Either, either, okay. either the midfielder or the striker, because the midfielder takes the. Yeah, there's two Larsons. The two, two Larsons. Larsons. They're both Larsons are good options for the price. Okay. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah, not, not as explosive as <laughs> It's not Henrik Larsson, but you, you know uh, Jordan is actually Henrik's son. Ah, okay, interesting. Yeah, so he has he has the. I mean, yeah, one of the things, especially with the forwards, I think is, um, because there's such a wealth of options, um, I think it's hard to try and like because you've got the likes of like we've mentioned yeah. Ronaldo, Kane, Lukaku, um, Immobile, yeah. Insignia. Um, like we, I mean, I could roll off 10, 20 um, names before yeah. I even hit um, one of the Swedish strikers. Um, and it, yeah, I think the money you you're going to be wanting to save the money. I mean, this like my view is you're going to be wanting to try and save the money on a couple of defenders and a couple of midfielders to then be able to go slightly bigger in the forward line um, because we do see in generally in international football the 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 forwards tend to score more, like uh, the proportion of goals tend to be pushed further towards the forwards than um, midfielders and defenders. Um, for some reason, it's, that's just how it goes. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd be taking a, a punt on Jordan Larson. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the I mean, you have mentioned yeah. Uh, Seb Larsson, Victor Klaassen and um, Kulisevsky and um, yeah maybe because they're that slightly bit cheaper maybe it's yeah so like if you if you don't fancy a Mason Mount or a Federico Chiesa maybe going for one of them instead as a as yeah a little differential to try and get one over your middle your your mini league opponents and your overall rank yeah, no, I completely agree. I, w I wouldn't take up a striker spot with a Swedish player either because there's so many good options. 
but uh, yeah, as you said, if you want to go for a midfielder, maybe if you want to go for Seb Larsson, he is the penalty taker, but he doesn't get too many attack returns. It's outside from penalties, uh, I would say. So if you want to go for an explosive player that I think is going to be involved in goals, it's definitely Victor Klaassen. Perfect. Uh, Rob, uh, anything else that we've forgotten to ask, Frederick? <laughs> that we've forgotten, that you've forgotten. Um, no, I've no, forgotten. We've, we've, we've got the penalty. I mean, who, we, we know that um, you said Sebastian Larson's the penalty taker, or it could be Zlatan if he's fit. Um, like, yeah, we're, we're sitting here um, on the 23rd of May. Um, so he's got a week to prove his fitness by the time this is released. He, everyone will know. Um, is I mean, who takes like the other set pieces? I mean, if he's fit, whoever's taking the set pieces, it's it's huge for them because he's obviously the tallest footballer like ever known to man, and um, like he's a huge asset to have on set pieces. I mean, do, who takes the corners? Who takes the free kicks? I think so. They, they they mix up a little bit, but uh, for free kicks, it's, it's definitely uh, Emre Forsberg is definitely on them, and also Seb Larsson sometimes as well. Uh, Seb Larsson actually had a really good free kick record a couple of years back in the Premier League when he played for Sunderland, uh, but I haven't seen him score too many free kicks recently. Uh, but I think it's Seb Larsson and Emre Forsberg taking the free kicks. Uh, and obviously corners as well. And then sometimes, uh, I guess, Lustig takes corners as well. Uh, but I would say for four for set pieces, it's going to be uh, Emil Forsberg, I would say, is the, is the best one, uh, or uh, Seb Larsson. But the thing is, we don't, we don't score too many goals from set pieces, so uh, I wouldn't count them getting in terms of that. But I think <laughs> Seb Larsson, because he has the penalties and it takes three kicks. Yeah, okay. Uh, Frederick, is there anything else that you think that we should know about or the listeners should know about uh, about Sweden um, before we finish up that you haven't spoken about yet? From an FPL perspective? Or uh, or just generally from a Sweden perspective, FPL perspective, whatever perspective? Yeah. No, I think that we uh, we are a kind of underrated team. I think we saw that in the World Cup last time. Uh, we came to the quarterfinals and we lost against you guys. <laughs> I think uh, we, we could surprise Oh, yeah. People. I forgot to give you some shit for that. Yeah, actually. that was <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I think we, if we had Slaughter in that game, maybe we could have had a chance. But yeah, we didn't have any clinical strikers, unfortunately. But you guys are better. But yeah, I think uh, we could surprise many people in this in this tournament. I don't think we're going to be one of the biggest dark horses in this tournament going to like the semifinals. But I think we could definitely uh, surprise some teams for sure. Perfect. Right. I think that's it. Um, nothing else to add, Rob? No, no. There's, um, yeah, it was, I mean, the, the Swedish side, like historically, have always been sort of hard like a tricky side to beat um, and sort of one of those teams that are kind of, um, they're not at that top tier and they're not in like the lower tier. They're like in this middle ground. And they tend to go up and down in this middle ground a bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to know that there's some options there, um, especially if like they do get through to the group, but like if they get through to the round of 16, um, you're going to need a couple of cheaper options that are starting games to fill your squad out. And they like big players like Victor Klaassen and um, Sebastian Larsson could be the type of players that would be good for the round of 16 if they do get through. 
indeed yeah, i agree perfect thank you very much frederick for joining us we really appreciate thank you, that guys. and uh, hopefully we can get you on for some of the live streams if sweden get through uh, to the quarterfinals and, and beyond um yeah. to the listeners thanks very much for tuning in please like and subscribe on our youtube and look out for our next installment have a good day bye bye thank thanks, you guys